how are you? Uh, this is Laura Camacho, uh, the Culture Fixer, and welcome to episode 112 of the Speak Up podcast, where we talk about the conversations you need to have to move your career forward. Only today we're going a step backwards in that we're not talking so much about the conversations, but the thought processes and about managing your brain. This is being recorded right in the middle of this um, Chinese coronavirus pandemic. Business is upside down. This is definitely a black swan. The times are similar to uh, when we had the recession or similar to when there's a hurricane. It's just a big mess. And if you're listening to this, you're probably, your world is a little bit tipsy-turvy right now. But it's, it's a great opportunity for training the brain. So what I'm going to cover today, I'm going to talk about two concepts. I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to plant the seed of these concepts in your brain so that you are aware of them in your goings on and in your conversations with others. And then I'm going to go over eight specific brain redirects because we have this inherent negativity bias that is built and wired into us as human beings for our survival. The negativity bias means we focus more on negative messages. And that is because our brain is designed to protect us. And if we didn't pay attention to tigers in the olden days or to poisonous plants or quicksand, you know, there were so many threats to daily existence that if we did not pay attention to those, we simply would not make it. And even today, we need to pay attention to what's going on in the world. We need to be aware of the the virus and how contagious it is, but we don't need it to control our lives. We need to really focus on how we're thinking. We need to keep ourselves calm. I think in, in the first uh, few days or maybe weeks, everybody was in a state of panic and some people still are panicking or they're in despair and it's completely understandable. And, and I'm not uh, downplaying the serious of the situation. It is serious. And you're going to feel bad a lot of the time, but, or rather, and you need to manage your brain so that you get through it as best as you can. And this is the way I'm thinking about it. It's a terrible situation, but let's not make it worse. Let's, if we can, maybe find opportunities to serve or to make things better, but in the at least get through it as best we can. We don't want to make a bad situation worse. So the two concepts I want you to be aware of, one is called pre-traumatic stress. And you can Google this. This is something that the physician, the medical world is all abuzz about right now because tons, I don't know how many people, tons is not a very precise term, but there's so many people that are seeking medical help because they're worried that they might get the virus or they might get sick or things might happen. Like, you know how we enjoy thinking about Christmas Day and we enjoy anticipating, you know, getting our presents and seeing the pre- seeing people open the presents we give them. We really derive a lot of joy in the anticipation of something. If you're going to have a birthday party, you know, you enjoy the planning and the thinking about it. And yes, you may be stressed out at times, but it's a it gives you pleasure to anticipate a positive event, but it also gets stresses you, stresses anyone to anticipate negative events. 
And the thing about the negative events right now is that we don't know. I mean, we really don't know how long it's going to last exactly. We don't know how bad it's going to get before it gets better. There are a lot of things that we don't know. And what I find is helpful is to imagine like the worst case scenarios. I have, you know, if I die, well, then it doesn't really matter, right? The planning, at least my affairs are in order. If my business goes completely bust, I will have to look for a job or go on welfare. I have addressed those possibilities. I don't think they're likely, but they are definite possibilities. I have addressed those and that has allowed me to stop thinking about those scenarios and focus on other more likely scenarios and focus more on how can I help people right now. So be aware that you and the people that you work with or the people that you're living with, they might be suffering from pre-traumatic stress. And that's something that's just the anticipation of a bad event, but it literally affects your body and your health. That is not good for you. So I'm not saying, you know, I don't have a magic recipe to make it go away, but you should be aware of it. And things, of course, like praying or meditation and exercise and talking about it and, and, and also giving equal opportunity to positive possibilities like, yes, uh, let's just say the case of Nixonian Institute, it could absolutely go bust, but you know what? It could also absolutely grow because I'm offering different things and more people are listening to me and people are hearing me in a different way. So it could be that the, the business just takes off after this is over. So, you know, there, there are all kinds of possibilities. So just giving equal airtime it's not that you're going to, you know, I'm not saying, oh, forget about the bad things and only think about the good things. Not saying that at all. I'm saying let's not spend all of our time in catastrophizing, but spend some of the time thinking of either good possibilities. I mean, there, there could be, I think, though, the way people are reaching out, the creativity. I, my mom, I was just visiting my mom, and she told me that her priest back in Georgia was offering a confession from the car, like a drive through confession, which I think is hysterical. So, I mean, that's a creative uh, solution to a problem. But pre-traumatic stress is something very widespread. If you want to read more about it, there are a lot of resources out there about it. And then we've all heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, about how after a trauma, people um, are damaged by it. In fact, there's a, there's been a, somebody was telling me about a television show or series where they erase traumatic memories in order to heal the person. However, there are people that have growth after trauma. And Viktor Frankl, in his Man's Search for Meaning, he is the famous, I think he was Viennese, he was a psychiatrist who was uh, interned in Auschwitz during World War II, and he, he got through it, and he got through it in pretty good shape. He willed himself to do so, and he actually experienced post-traumatic growth. And I know I have, back in the, the last time we had a, such a catastrophic event, at least in my life, was the recession of 20, 2008 through 2009. Well, it lasted actually quite a long time. And my world blew up in my face. I not only had financial setbacks, but my marriage had ended and uh, my career had ended and 
it was a, it was hard and there was a lot going on, but I definitely came out a stronger person, more financially savvy, more business savvy, more emotionally strong, more grit, more resilience. So I definitely came out of that with post-trauma growth. So you want that to be your goal. And I think just accepting that it is possible will help you get there. So I want you to aim for post-traumatic growth. And again, there's no like, oh, there's one cup of sugar and a cup of butter and some salt. No, it's something that you every person has to work out for himself or for herself. But it is possible. All right. So I talked in, earlier today about the, you know, the negativity bias and how our brain defaults under stress to the, to the negative. And we need to, it ha- we take so much effort, just like it takes effort to exercise when you don't feel like it. And, and this crisis really hit me like hard when my gym closed. I mean, that was where it was like a punch to my gut. It was really hard because I don't want to gain weight. I used to be overweight. I gain weight easily. I, and not only that, I, um, I mean, exercise is just, it's, it's one of my primary tools for keeping myself emotionally stable and in a good place all the time. Cause you know, all the time things can be going great and you can still feel bad. So we're not just feeling bad because of this crisis. We're, we feel bad because that's part of what it means to be human. So I'm going to give you these eight brain redirects. There's an article on my blog that has them spelled out. I'll, um, that there'll be a link to that in the show notes to help you remember. And it's just like uh, something to think about when your brain starts going down that negative spiral. So the first one is to think, it says your, your first default is to really be self-absorbed, to focus on yourself. And then the, the pro-growth focus is on other people. So I'm sure you're all concerned about your families, but you're also, you may have like an inordinate amount of focus on yourself because your routine has been turned upside down and, and self-care is super important. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. You do need to take care of yourself, but you also need to think about other people and how you can help them. And that's how we're coming up with all these creative ideas. Not only did my mom tell me about the priest having the drive through for confession, which I see, you know, not to get all theological on you, but I see, I always saw a confession not as, I, I would go not out of fear of God, but just, I found it therapeutic. So I would, I can see how that would be therapeutic to some people. But my mom also told me that Harris Teeter is now delivering groceries for five bucks a pop. That's a great uh, service. That's creativity. That's thinking about other people uncertainty drives people to think about themselves you, you can become a, a victim of what we call learned helplessness feel like there's nothing you can do but if you look at other people then if you you might find a way to help others and that in turn is going to help you so if you think that's really the whole it's not about being you know this altruistic saint although that's a worthy objective but you actually help yourself by thinking about others and focusing on how you can help others because it's more clear how to help others a lot of times than it is clear on how to help yourself. 
You know how solving other people's problems is always so much easier than solving your own problems? Well, here, this, is, this is the same principle. Look for ways that you can help other people. All right, so that's number one. Instead of the default is yourself, the redirect is to others. Number two, the default is your own business, whether it's your career, whether you're a project manager, you're an engineer, your CFO, you know, your business, your sales, your profit and loss. And the redirect, and this is so important, is the relationships. Really, this is an opportunity to lend a helping hand, to lend a listening ear. I reconnected with someone from college I mean, we had reconnected online maybe a year, a year, a little over a year ago. But, um, I, you know, she's a flaming extrovert. So this being sheltered at home is just so hard for her. Uh, and also she's a, a relatively recent widow. So I knew she was struggling. So I reached out to her. We had a, a virtual coffee last week, had a great time. You know, so I, I know that I was helping her, but she was also helping me. So what relationships, how can you reach out to people? How can you have, you know, meaningful conversations bring us so much pleasure and help us heal. So how can I have a meaningful conversation? Uh, how can I reach out to people I haven't heard from? And make sure if you're working remotely to be reaching out to the people that you're not seeing because you don't want to let out of sight, out of mind. Uh, so focus, turn your focus from your actual, you know, business and by business, I mean, whatever your daily job is and and redirect that to relationships because that can be relationships with your family, with friends, with people that work with you, could be suppliers, could be clients, could be people that could be clients or, or people that refer you business. Anytime you strengthen that relationship you are actually strengthening your business or your career. So this is really an opportunity. So number two, go shift from your business to relationships. Uh, number three is not, don't think about the finances. The default is to think about the finances by financial end. And, you know, that is important. But let's redirect to creating value. Maybe there are new ways you can create value. Uh, everybody's wanting help to reduce the sense of danger. Everybody's wanting help to find opportunities. Everybody wants help in reinforcing their strengths. So if you see a way that your business or your company or your team can add more value right now, go do it. And even if you start thinking about it right now, you may not come up with a solution but you're planting the seed. So many times uh, in a conversation, somebody will, even that we're not, we may not even be aware, plant a seed in, the, in our brains that comes and gives fruit later. And I see this so much in my coaching clients. You know, I tell them so many things. I feel like sometimes I'm giving a tsunami because my coaching is not normal coaching. It's not, you know, getting you to answer the questions, although there's some of that. What I do is really more consulting, like telling people communication strategies for gaining visibility. So I'm talking more than a regular coach would in my sessions. And uh, I plant seeds and I see that they give fruit, even though we may not talk about this issue until later. 
I, I see it. I see it come to fruition. So plant the seed of how can we create more value. So number three, the third redirect is from the finances or the sale to creating value. Redirect number four, the default is to focus on your losses. Redirect into potential opportunities. I will tell you, I have not had the strength to look at my portfolio, my stock portfolio. I know I watched the Dow, so I know that it's gone from good to bad to really bad to horrible, and now it's not as horrible as it was. I have not looked at the losses on my stock market because actually you don't lose until you sell. So don't focus on what you've lost. You know, I've had I've lost gigs. I've lost speaking opportunities. Supposedly they all come back. Some of them have been rescheduled, but you don't think about it. If it's out of your control, do not, anytime you spend thinking about losses that are out of your control, you are losing that resource, which is your brain power, your cognitive load that could be directed towards solving problems and building relationships. So things are different, you know, your job may change, your company may change, your, the company at which you work may change. I mean, you can't control that. You cannot, you can mourn it. You can spend some time feeling bad about it, but you really want to, again, plant the seed. How can you come up with new ideas, new energies, new tools, new resources? I mean, things, things are different. And, and, you know, people might be more willing to listen to you and some of your crazy ideas than they were in the past. Or you may see a way to add value. You may see a way even to make money down the road. But don't focus on, you know, the pain of loss is painful. And I'm not saying you can't ever think about it. But I'm saying if you find yourself going down that road, let's switch to where's an opportunity? Is there an opportunity? Could there be an opportunity? All right, so number four is from losses to opportunity. Number five is from problems to progress. It's hard right now. It uh, Things are not as easy. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know when it's going to end. It could be worse. I will, <laughs> I will tell you, yesterday I was talking to a friend in Venezuela, and they're in lockdown. This is in Caracas. And, but on top of being locked down, they have like no gasoline in the country. The country, which is a, used to be a major oil producer, stopped refining petroleum into gasoline. And they have the country literally has no money to buy gasoline. And Russia was the only country selling it to them. And Russia has stopped selling it. So what the gasoline that you have in your car is the gasoline that you have for the foreseeable future. And on top of that... <laughs> The water, which has never been reliable, I mean, people have their own water tanks. You just, that's just the way it's done. You have water tanks and people, and then there's companies that deliver water to you. Well, the water supply has also been cut off. And so you get your water, you don't know when you'll get your tank refilled. Uh, it, it's pretty, I would say it's a lot more difficult than what we have here. Yes, it's hard. Yes, there's uncertainty. but we're going to make progress. So the thing about progress is not to wait till the whole, you know, the goal is accomplished. Like if you were going to train to run a marathon, you don't wait until you run the marathon to say, okay, I made progress. It's like every day, if you go from being able to run 
uh, 100 yards to 200 yards. Or Zig Ziglar used to say when he started running, he would be able to run to, you know, this person's mailbox and then another person's mailbox. You literally have to measure the progress in millimeters, which are teeny tiny, like an eighth of an inch if you're on the English system, how much progress. And this is particularly important for you to do as a leader for other people. In fact, all of these things I'm teaching you to pass on, but help other people how to see where they have made progress. Like maybe nobody's ever worked from home before and now they're able to. Maybe some parents have never homeschooled their children before. Now they're able to at least, you know, somewhat, maybe, maybe they're not good at it, but it's something to go from not doing it at all to doing it badly and then to doing it at a mediocre level and then to doing it well and then to doing it with excellence. That is a process. So look for progress. Uh, don't look, don't wait, you know, just to focus on, well, we're not doing it like we used to. All right, that's five. So number six, the future. Oh my gosh, that's so hard because we. It's like, when is this going to be over? And then Trump says just yesterday or a couple of days ago that maybe by Easter. And then you know the press is all like, oh, that's terrible. You know, we're all going to die. Well, we don't. We don't know. I mean, we really don't know. So yes, you make plans for the future as best you can. I am recommending people develop scenarios as far as, you know, A, B, or C, worst case, possible case, best case scenarios, but really focus on what can I do right now? What can I do today? What can I do in the next 24 hours? And that, and that's how you get through it. So, so uh, the redirect number six is from the future into the present. Redirect number seven is about the event. That's where, you know, this whole crisis and the Chinese and the Communist Party and how they, you know, held back information and then the artificial reaction, which you may or may not like. Maybe you like parts of it. Maybe you like your company's response to the crisis or maybe, you, you know, all these events. That's the, that's the default. The redirect is to the responses of you, your, your responses. How are you responding to the occasion? And, and the best way to, to redirect in this aspect is to think about a year from now, five years from now, when we're telling other people about, oh, remember this? Like we all remember where we were on 9-11 and we all will remember how we got through this uh, Chinese coronavirus crisis, uh, what, what, what do you want to be able to tell people? Like I got through, you know, without becoming an alcoholic, that could be one metric. Uh, I got through, you know, the best I could. It was hard, but I, you know, I'm proud of myself because I, I didn't eat too much cake or something. What, you know, how do you want, what do you want to be able to tell people? What kind of person do you want to be? Forget about, you know, getting the next promotion at your company. Like, who do you want to be in this crisis? So that's, you know, how do you want to respond? And just think about qualities. Like, I responded with courage. I responded with calm. I really worked hard to not go into despair. I only lost one night's sleep. I kept exercising. I kept taking walks. 
I kept calling people. I mean, I just did everything I knew to keep myself on track and my family on track. So when you're thinking about the event, think, well, okay, so what I'm going to redirect from the event to my response. And that brings us to redirect number eight, the last one in the series, and it's to go from complaining to gratitude. And of course, this applies whether there's a crisis or not. Like complaining feels great. It is absolutely not useful. It, it puts your brain into thinking about the problem, into thinking how bad it is. It's a waste of your most precious resource, which is your cognitive ability. It brings other people down as well. And think about what you what is going well. I mean, if you're still healthy, that's something. You still have food in the refrigerator, that's something. You still have water and electricity. Spring is coming. Uh, we have a lot to be grateful for. And gratitude is the only path to happiness. Uh, complaining only brings on more negativity, brings more negative people. I mean, I know it's these are tough times for sure, but we have much to be grateful for, and that is where our that's what where our happiness lies is thinking about the things for which we're grateful. So, anytime you feel yourself going down that negative spiral, redirect from the complaining to gratitude, and you might want to do this with your team. There's a, you know, a tradition and a lot of companies, a lot of leaders start every meeting with a win. I think that's a great way to get people thinking about the positive or is an icebreaker starting every meeting with an icebreaker, but one that helps people redirect their brain to gratitude. Like what's the best thing that's happened to you today? What's the, what are you most proud of today? Just Asking a question that forces them to think about the good side of things and not the bad. Where there's always problems. There's always issues. That's the nature of life. We're going to get through this. So I hope these eight brain directs have been helpful. I'm offering during this time weekly free brainstorming sessions. If you are want to participate in that, uh, you need to find my website at uh, www.mixonian.com. That's Amazon Mary, I-X-O-N-I-A-N. It's in the show notes. Um, I'm here for you. I can do uh, webinars. I'm doing some free. Some are not free. If you're interested, let's have a conversation. So be strong. Be anti-fragile. Be positive. Be the CEO of your brain, and we're going to come out of this on the other side. Have a good day. Bye-bye.